Welcome to Fourth Times the Hot Doggin' and Charm, the only podcast where every week it is a brand new concept. Oh my god, I am your producer, Ben, alongside your director, Matt. This is episode 35. 35! Yeah! Get hyped, stay hyped. How hype are you, Matt? How hype are you? I almost died twice today. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> you so, fucking rad, bro. Bro. Bro Laham. Come on. Get down with the jiggity biggities. Well, we're going to get down with some serious business today. Uh, but ooh. first, ah. I want to run through our stuff real quick. Biggest uh, fan, Brennan. If you want to be our biggest yeah, yeah. fan, then you need to message us on Instagram with the word hype beast before our next <laughs> episode comes up. I just want to wait, wait, hold on. I want to throw a quick shout out to our hype beast, Brennan. He's one of our, it was one of our hypest beasts. He's our major uh, hype beast. And he's, uh, he's building, he's 3d printing a guitar right now. Uh, and you should go and fucking check this shit out on his Instagram. I want to 3d print his face on my face so I can kiss it. Moi. Oh, just like, it's going to be like a face off. Wouldn't it? More like a face on. Oh, Whoa. bazinga. Also, remember to write Sony screen gems. Yeah, fuck Sony so screen that gems. Hal make, so that Hal Masonberg <laughs> can get his writer and producer's cut of the plague out into the public. For the love of God, guys. Come on. Like, we can actually probably make that happen. But we yeah. can only do it with other people. Yeah, we got it, it. We we got to start the flood. Once you put a crack in the dam, the flood will flow. We can you just only do be so helped. much. We can only write so many yeah. times. We ourselves. can only tell Brennan to do it so many times. The one to five of you out there who are listening, please don't be a bot and write Sony screen gems. Next up, um, Matt, what did you get up to this weekend? Let's faff a sec before we head into our main seggy. Well, uh, I, I, there's a thing I did, but we'll talk about that on your, on your go. A certain event we watched. Um, I also, this week, uh, was a good musical discovery week. I found a outstanding band and uh, Ben, I'm going to hit you with this. Ow, you hit me. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to throw two, two, a, a genre and a theme at you and just, just let me know how that makes you feel. Okay. Black metal. Good. Circus. I am so hype. Uh, there's a band called Panisse Nocturnus. This is a French band um, who plays a very chaotic style of second wave black metal that completely focuses on and utilizes the theme of carnivals. Um, the kind of notion of the music is to make you feel the fear that you used to feel as a child at a carnival. That's um, they awesome. use they use actual calliope and carnival music all of the beats and beat structure is actually like there's like a bit where there's like blast beats and tremolo picking that are lining up perfectly with like an accordion that's i need to listen to that like yeah. right now we will we will talk about their new album soon i little... i need to talk about it now all right here let me send this to you real quick this is well, this while is you're doing that over the weekend shit. i went to the wwe royal rumble out of st louis missouri god cm punk cm punk cm punk shane I, did you hear shane shane mcmahon got released today yeah there's a lot to unpack here and i know not everyone here is a huge wrestling well, fan, fuck those people it doesn't matter because no one listens anyway yeah, being despondent I, is the true I, sign of stand-up comedian status. I I just gotta like get my heart out yeah, there. Yeah, get the it, Royal get Rumble it. is no matter what. The Royal Rumble is the coolest show of the year. Yeah, it's one of the coolest ideas in wrestling. Period. I I, I pitched the Royal Rumble to a gym full of actual jujitsu martial artists, and every single one of them was hyped to watch the Royal Rumble. And I was going to invite them over to watch, but then well, Taryn thank and God you did. <laughs> Taryn and I went to go see the conversation instead, and that was a fucking bullet dodge of an event. They would have never come over again. The the Royal Rumble event 
as created by Pat Patterson in the late 80s as a counter to the Jim Crockett Promotions bunkhouse stampede on pay-per-view was an ingenious concept and honestly the smartest wrestling match of all time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that made it special was that Pat Patterson knew how to structure the match. Pat Patterson sadly passed away a few years ago and since then we've had people like Shane McMahon and other people step in to try to produce the match without him. The previous two years, they did a really good job because they had a central storyline carrying the match. And in Triple the H Men's did Rumble the booking. 2020, Brock Lesnar essentially wiped out half the field from the start. It was new, fresh, and engaging. It was amazing. In 2021, Edge won from the number one position, which was a wild accomplishment, especially for someone of his age. And it's something that we hadn't seen in nearly 20 years. This year, apparently amidst a bunch of backstage drama where decisions kept getting repealed and reversed and no one would agree to anything. We had the two biggest dumpster fires of a Royal Rumble I've seen since 2015. I would say... That these were not the worst Royal Rumbles of all time, but they were the least enjoyable to watch. The men's, the men's, I would argue, is one of the worst of all time. Because at least some of the other bad ones, like, have, like go into parody. The men's Rumble was boring. That's pointless. That's the thing. Nothing happened. There was no... The only surprise entrant in the men's Rumble was Shane McMahon. And Drew McIntyre, who has gone for injury. Ah. I, I I mean, there, there was more than just them, but there wasn't a lot to speak of. But, um, yeah, I got to say, I, I was... If you look at the worst Rumbles of all time, right? And I can just rattle them off real quick. 1993, you have a depleted roster after the steroid scandal. It ends with Macho Man trying to pin Yokozuna in one of the stupidest Rumble fi- finishes of all time. But at least the actual action of it is in line with previous Rumble years. It's about what you'd expect in terms of actual happenings in the match. Give if you look time. at the 1995 Rumble, it has shockingly less star power than this. But they shortened the entrance from 90 seconds to 60 seconds, which means at least it's over fast and there's something constantly happening. If you look at the 2009 Royal Rumble, where half the field is still in... By the number 30 entrant. Oh, yeah. It's boring, but at least you have more star power than this Rumble. Yeah, a lot And the final few people in the match was genuinely interesting between Triple H and the three members of Legacy. Fast forward to 2014 and 2015, where WWE deliberately books against the crowd's wishes, most notably 2015, where the crowd hijacks the entire Rumble. Yeah, that was a slap in the face to the fans, and that one is objectively the worst. But that Royal Rumble was awful to the point of parody. Yes. And ever since, it's just the shining beacon example of how AEW, everyone should be thankful that it exists. Yes. And so this is the worst Rumble, because 2022 was so fucking boring. Oh, I tell you, Matt. Exhausting. It was exhausting. And I tell you, being in the crowds for WWE shows is so exhausting. When you've been in millions. Because I've been to hundreds of wrestling shows. You you, you had a, like, what was it, a three or four year run of not missing a single pay-per-view? Something like that. Like, but, and I, and I, we mean that, oh, sorry, a premium live event. Since... Money in the Bank 2022 or 2021, all subsequent shows since. I have never been in arenas with more consistently dead crowds who Mm -hmm. do not care about anything. And this is important because these people don't know who any of these wrestlers are. They are just people who know the WWE brand. Vince McMahon finally has what he wants. People who pay to go to his shows once a year. They're not here for the wrestlers. They're just here to go to WWE. And, and say it they sucks because nobody cares about what's going on. 
And then you have people like Becky Lynch, who were certifiable stars. She returns in August, immediately turns heel, and she comes out at the Rumble, and you could hear a fucking pin drop if it wasn't for the music that they blast so loudly over everyone. And that came across on on TV, too. It was a silent Rumble. You have crowd sweetening on Monday Night Raw that they're adding to such an obvious and painful degree. And... And and it's hard for me to even complain about the booking because the match is booked so that Brock Lesnar, who was world champion earlier in the night, wins the Rumble match just by tossing everyone out like they're sacks of crap. Well, he shows up and he beats up Shane McMahon and then like single handedly throws um, Drew McIntyre, the man who eliminated him in the previous Rumble that Ben mentioned. Um, And then just nothing happens. It just ends. I don't even have a problem with that. I don't even well, have a problem I don't, I don't have that. a problem with him beating or eliminating Drew McIntyre. I have a problem with the match being booked by a 12-year-old. No, no, no. I don't have a problem with any of that. My problem is that it's gone so far beyond that. And also, we have alternatives now. Do, do you yeah. want to hear what my WWE theory is? And I want to say it here. Yeah, I haven't, so that, I haven't heard like, this years before. Years from now, if I'm right, I'll look like a genius. I'm putting it down here. All right, drop that gauntlet. I think WWE is gearing up to sell the company. Yep. Ahead of their 2024 TV rights renegotiations. Ooh. If you look at how they're structuring everything, WWE is trying to get the biggest marquee matches possible. For the first time in Vince McMahon's career, he is not building up a new star after Roman Reigns. That yeah. is very strange. You may think, oh, no, he had Cena for 10 years, but he's always had someone on the back burner. Most famously, as of 1987, right at the height of Hulkamania's popularity, 78,000 in the Silverdome, right? Yeah. Vince McMahon was looking for someone who could be the next Hulk Hogan. He is not doing that anymore. So what's that wow. mean? That means Vince McMahon has an end game in mind. And the only end games would either be one, he dies, which I don't think he's expecting since his, since his biological mother who raped him as a child. Wait, just wait, died whoa, whoa, like whoa, whoa, two whoa, weeks whoa, ago. whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. What? He said that in a playboy interview. Wait, all right. Give me some details on what? In this Playboy interview, he said he alleged that his mother sexually abused him. But like, but like they asked, like, you know, you say your sexual abuse didn't come from the father. Can we say it's from the mother? And he says, I think you could say that. Yes. Oh, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Holy. Isn't that fucked? What the fuck? I guess the path to immortality is parental sexual abuse wow um, so why you marinate on that what did um, he do to shane i feel like what happens now is that it means that vince is planning to sell okay yeah i agree with you based on your analysis he has an in game now for that when would you want to sell you'd want to sell as your tv rights deals are ending because no one wants to buy a company for a billion dollars and then sit on it for two years while another company's airing all your shit yeah instead what i think is they're going to wait for tv rights negotiations it's only one year away and then they're going to have wrestlemania in los angeles with every single highfalutin executive who might want to work with wwe there in town Mm because that's where they're all from so what's wwe doing over the next two years this year is a precursor to next year i think what they want because we already know rumors from Meltzer is that ronda is going to face charlotte at wrestlemania this year and then she's going to fight becky lynch at wrestlemania next year for the title that is the biggest women's marquee match they can do The biggest men's marquee match they can do is Roman Reigns versus The Rock. I don't know if they can get that, but I think they want to get that. And that's what they're going to try for for WrestleMania next year. It is the biggest wrestling match they could possibly do. I think they're going to save that for WrestleMania in Los Angeles. They go, look, the big Hollywood star, The Rock, is in our main event. Look how culturally relevant we are. They'll go, you know what? 
you're right. That's going to kick off the negotiations and WWE will sell themselves to the highest bidder once they're finally freed up from their TV rights heading into 2024. Holy shit. I feel like it lines up too fucking well. Also, note, Nick Khan's vision for WWE really started to be implemented in 2020. He's the guy from CAA who has contacts in Hollywood. He's the guy who specifically said in interviews that one of the issues WWE had before is that they weren't acting like they belonged with the Hollywood bigwigs. And we've seen over the past year and a half that WWE's increasingly marketed, advertised during their shows, make it more Hollywood friendly. They are gearing every single aspect of their business up for a sale. They're firing all of the extraneous talent because you know what? We don't need all of that talent all we need is we need well, Roman Reigns and The Rock at WrestleMania next year. That that's is That's all you it. need to sell the company. Exactly. I think Vince McMahon is hollowing out WWE. So as soon as he sells it to people who don't understand what a house of cards they have, it it's falls. going to collapse as soon as Vince leaves. Because he, which will he be wants his it to. ultimate last laugh. Yeah. Vince Vince would get his cake and eat it too. He would destroy his own creation, as he famously said back in 2002. I feel like this lines up too well. I feel like the moves they've made make sense for a 2022 or 2023 WrestleMania in Los Angeles. Get this shit sold, get your bag, and get out of here. Why else would they have announced WrestleMania in Los Angeles several years in advance? Yeah, unless it was part of a plan. Like, they announced a WrestleMania in LA previously before COVID. Well, but- it, it feels like it feels like now more than ever, things... Like, they're, like when I hear people talk about like predictions and ideas going forward, they're predicting and, and announcing things that are like two, three years off. Like I've been hearing about the 2023 Rumble and I usually would are the 2023, 2023 mania. And all I've ever heard about in the past prior to that was like, oh, maybe a year or like, this is what will happen in six months. The fact that they now have an idea of what's going to be happening in three years, I think leads credence to your idea. They really, like you said, he, he refuses to let WWE go to anyone else. And so the only way that WWE, the only way WWE can, ever be sold is as it dies it has to be a death knell he wants he wants wwe to be what happened to wcw once they sold to him he wants to just yeah. to disappear and turn to nothing and who knows yeah. who knows like I, I i don't think it'll happen but i think there's gonna be a lot of discourse discourse about people trying to see if tony khan will buy wwe which i do not think will happen and i don't think it's a good idea but I think we're going to see some discourse around that in this future path run right now, too. I think it's possible we might see them fire, like, dozens more wrestlers from their roster until they have one traveling circuit of about 40 men and 20 women, which is really the minimum they need for a live events tour. Mm -hmm. And then if they need extra people, they'll just contract them out on a per-match basis, depending on who's available. Yeah, like you I don't need that. Elias under contract. Get rid no. of him. Make it an even more streamlined company. It's content, 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 baby. The people I'm sitting around, they're saying, hey, you got to do the what chance. What's that for? I don't know, but it sure is fun. Well, didn't you hear a conversation about that? WWE is a hollowed out husk of a company. Hmm. No one who is there is creating anything of value. Thank God. God for Tony Khan and AEW. Well, imagine what it would be like right now if we didn't have this at all. It would be really fucking sad. Yeah, it would be incredibly depressing. Nick Khan is the worst thing that happened to WWE. Yeah, I can agree with that. It will never get better. WWE is Vince McMahon. It will yeah. never improve without him. It will only collapse. He will just he is going to destroy his own creation. He has Buy your to. stock before twenty twenty four, motherfuckers. Yeah, well I mean he has to because it can't be anyone else's. Like he systematically removed Triple H 
from everything to make sure. I don't, I, no, I don't think it's even that. I, I think that. That's part of it to is, me. No, I think that's like the Reddit hive mind Vince hates Triple H. I don't think it's any of no, that. No, I don't think he I, hates Triple H at all. I just don't think. I, I think he I wants think it he to sees, die. I think he sees Triple H as a failure. But well, I sure, don't, but I think he sees everyone I, as a I failure. Think, but I think Vince is out for Vince. Vince would have done this no matter what Triple H did. I agree, but I think Triple H represents like the chance of the company limping forward if he sticks yes. around. Yeah. And so you have to like consistently devalue his efforts and what he represents so that when you do sell the company, he's not there to try to hold it together. And I, I think I think in in a good in a world that I love and I don't think we're going to get this one either, but I would love to see a world where Triple H moves on and makes his own basically his own nxt as an indie promotion i want to see triple h work with billy corgan yeah become the booker of the nwa that'd be fucking so sweet because triple h has just been an nwa mark his whole life anyway that's why he tried to make nxt is is just an ode to the nwa like AEW is an ode to late 90s wcw and ecw and it's fucking outstanding hell yeah it is all right We've taken too much time. It's time we go to the writer's room where dreams are made or broken in 30 minutes or less. Welcome to the writer's room where we give ourselves 30 minutes to write out the outline to a feature length movie script. We have two picker wheels that will help us uh, choose our fates. Matt, are you ready to put together this outline? I am outstandingly ready. I think in our we, our writer's room episodes have only gotten better. I think our last one where we pitched a uh, fantasy romance film was absolutely outstanding and a genuinely a good idea for a movie. So either we're going to be a roller coaster or we're going to be an airplane and let's see what happens. All right, so first are two wheels. Today we are going to do an adaptation film based on one of the following seven things. Book, video game, existing movie, so a remake, TV adaptation, music album, live event, or a play. We're cultured, as you can see. And then we need to adapt whatever that is to a specific genre, which would be Musical, drama, high fantasy, sci-fi, mockumentary, horror, comedy, rom-com, rom-drom, sports, and historical. Matt, if we get some of these combos, it's going to be really screwed up. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. Yeah. It's gonna be wonderful. Because, because by the way, when when we when we spin the adaptation wheel, we will we will pick what version of that content we're adapting before we spin the genre wheel so if we pick if we land on books and decide that we're going to remake the outsiders and then we roll horror or i guess that movie is coming up if we roll body horror let's say we're going to go to some weird places all right matt are you ready for the first spin oh i am my body is tingling all right let's pick the picker Tingle, 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 Man, tingle. This thing's always so loud. Spinneroni. We're coming for you, brother. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, fuck. So, <laughs> is it the play? So, this is going to be an adaptation of a live event. Ooh, okay. So, All that right. can be a wrestling show, that can be a band, that can be, uh, a- that can be anything. All right, we got we got to decide before we know what genre it is. I feel like we can't choose this until we pick the other one. No, no, I feel I I liked I I want to be trapped. So we let let's choose the type of event and then we can specify if we have a reference. All right, well so, we talked about wrestling already. So concerts, a, a a a film that is set or based around a concert. See, I feel like there's more to work with at a film set at a wrestling event. Hmm. Gotta keep it thematic, man. Yeah, all right, right. A wrestling yeah. event. All right, wrestling event. Here we go. We're gonna spin the wheel, make the deal, and here we go. Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
We're going around the corner, and we're going around so the spinning. corner, and we're spinning around the corner. Here we go. Ba, 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 ba. All right, Matt. Here we go. Oh, fuck. It is a mockumentary. Oh. Three, two, one, start. All right. So we're going to do a mockumentary of the 2022 Royal Rumble, right? Oh, yeah. So it's it's a, it's a high drama, very intense, it's, very, it's very called, over uh, the top. Royal Fumble. Ooh, I like it. I like Royal it. Royal Fumble 2022. Um, I, I, whose I mean, perspective? I feel like we should do this from the perspective of Shane McMahon. I was, I was going to agree. Shane McMahon, um, not cast as himself. I think we're going to cast. I'm going to cast Elijah Wood as Shane McMahon. I feel like you need someone a little more New Yorky than Elijah Wood. See, that's that's why that's why I want to I want I want to pull that performance out of him. I would say a Gene Hackman, but he would have to play Vince. Gene Hackman's playing Vince, by the way. I I was going to say uh, Jack Nicholson would play Vince. No, see, Jack Nicholson's too crazy. You need I so, disagree. You, you need someone who has the 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 fluctuating intensity, and I think I think Gene Hackman looks a little bit better for his age. In a way that he looks closer to Vince's falsehood. Okay. Cool. Okay. Then who? So, then who? Then who's Shane? Do we have like a Tom Holland. Tom Holland. He, Shane is fifty-two years old. Yeah, I'm. I'm, try, I'm. I'm casting them up. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get this movie made. Tom Holland's like twelve. He's like twenty-five. I frankly, I don't know any forty-five-year-old actors because just like the WWE, once you're thirty, you're not pretty anymore. Tom Cruise. Hell yeah! Perfect. I'm in. Tom Cruise, because he does all like oh. the stunts. Well, like, Tom Tom, Tom Cruise is Shane, and George Clooney is Vince McMahon. Boy, that's weird, but I'm kind of here for it. I'm here for it. And ty- I, uh, who do we got directing? I think we got. Did you start the timer? Yeah, I did. Okay, I think we have. If it's doing a mockumentary, we need a director who has experience doing that kind of film. Um, but also has like a nice a nice sense for both comedy and intensity. I want it to be the paranormal activity director. No, it, the uh, the guy who directs who directs uh, what we do in the shadows. Uh, yeah, Taika Waititi. Yeah, okay. okay. I was gonna say that, but I didn't. I didn't. I feel like that might have been a little too obvious. But I love it. I feel um, like we've done Taika Waititi on another one of these, but he's um, so great. He's such he's so a great, great and so versatile. Yeah, he's a great director too. Fantastic visual. I think he he could probably actually film the action of the the events in the ring. But I, I think I think for the sake of this this mockumentary, you almost never leave Gorilla. I think we stay backstage for the most part until we go into like the bit where Shane's character goes into the rumble. So uh, the way I envision it is it's just the day of the rumble. Yeah, 100%. So we wake up with Shane. We go through Shane's intro, who he is. Son of Vince McMahon, never quite, you know, made it where his dad wanted him to. Not on great terms with with his sister and son-in-law. But today is a new day. He's going to help out with the Royal Rumble. And it's the most famous match of the year. And and he's going to, he's going to work this out it's the same day as his grandmother's funeral but his dad's having him work today anyway because they had a sort of rocky relationship so you know he's feeling kind of weird but um he's sure today's gonna work out yeah i I think we start at like 6 a.m because he's got to go to the funeral too and but i think no he no he missed the funeral in real life did he real in this okay okay so then why'd he miss the funeral in the movie because his dad's making him come here so okay, so he's all we have a fo- we have a, we have like a three minute phone call between Tom Cruise and George Clooney, where George Clooney is just berating Tom Cruise, reminding him of his failures, and telling him you've missed out on so much in life you can miss a funeral for my goddamn show. Wow, that's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah. No, 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 even better. He's what is this raw underground? She's you, gonna Shane. be underground. I I need you, Shane. Oh. No, no one, no one can do this like you. Pat's gone. Pat's not here anymore. You followed in Pat's footsteps. Hunter I can't failed do that. me. So yeah. I, I feel like then Shane's at the venue, and and this is where things start to run out of control. We can introduce to a bunch of the people who are there. We have Bad Bunny playing himself. 
No, I think everyone else is cast as himself except for Shane and Vince. No, 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 no. Even better. I think everyone is an actor except for Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny sure. is the one guy who is actually playing himself. Well, I, I, Bad Bunny should be the fourth wall-breaking self-aware character. Yes, because apparently one of the issues with the show was that they kept changing Bad Bunny's spot oh, in the match. And it's like Bad Bunny is a celebrity. Like we can't put him through the same shit we're putting everyone else through. Well, and I, I think, I think you leverage that in because the whole, the whole doc- mockumentary is about how chaotic the backstage event is. I think you have, yeah, and we you have producers of... and people c- trying to stop them from filming throughout the movie. I, I, I like to imagine that Bad Bunny's like our check-in character where he shows up every now and then, and it's like whatever they tell him to do just gets increasingly deranged based on what's happening yeah i want this to almost feel like a found footage film like this needs to be like the blair witch project (laughs) but yes but i want it to have the pace of um oh what's that what's the name of that movie with uh the guy who has the handicapped brother that keeps escalating oh 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 good time yeah the safi brothers write this the safi brothers will write the script a, a Safi's brother written script directed Tyco, by Taiko Atiti starring Brad Pitt and George Clooney. Oh, and the the Rock also has to play himself, but as an off-screen character. He does like yeah, a like, phone call. Yeah. No, it's a Zoom call. They have to zoom the Rock, and he's like, "Oh, I'm at the funeral." And yes, yes, that's great. And he's like, you know, I uh. You know, guys, I, I'm not going to be able to do Mania this year. I, I mean, I know you guys keep keep trying to do this. It's like, well, yeah, but, you know, can you do an ad or something for us? I, uh, no, guys, I'm, you know, I'm trying to pay my respects here. You know, I'll, I'll tell them you send your regards. Get get Austin Theory to do it. <laughs> Bro, who's the fuck is Austin Theory? The, um, so, the, I think I, I one, one way you could structure this, if you wanted to paint WWE in a good light, is by having a whole angle about someone from AEW, like a recast Tony Khan at the Rumble, inherently fucking with people stealing scripts, like a Wiley Coyote, uh, like mockumentary about how the the event is being internally sabotaged, and no, people see, are see. I think I think that adds too much bloat. I want this to be something where it's. I want this to be something where is it three and a half I, hours I, I, long. No, I feel like it keys off of Shane not being there at his grandmother's funeral. And I think that it should escalate from there. Like, that's sort of the inciting incident. And it's not something that bothers him a lot, but it bothers him a little bit. And that increases throughout the day. So he gets there. He has a big meeting with everyone. We're introduced to the characters as they're working through the general spots of the day. It seems like we have a game plan, and then his sister shows up, Stephanie. Um, Ooh, who's uh, playing Stephanie? Jennifer Connelly. Um, I was thinking, who's the who's oh, the geez. who's the egg lady? Who's the girl from Friends? I don't know. I don't watch that move that show. Like who's Jen- who's the lady that sells the vagina eggs? Vagina eggs. The goop lady. Oh no, not her. No, I was thinking Jennifer Aniston uh yeah Yeah, she has because she has that like angry mom energy yeah i see that just imagine her and tom cruise just like being snarky back and forth with each other yeah i I could see that working who who played across from him and lived i repeat oh that was emily blunt yeah yeah no i think i think i think you're right with your pick yeah so jennifer aniston shows up as stephanie mcmahon and she basically tries to make him second, third, fourth guess everything. Yeah, just and, quite making him, forcing him to question himself. Yes, and then he starts to overthink things. Um, how does how does he get control? How does he get control enough to put himself at ha- book himself into the top four of the Royal Rumble? Ooh, that's a good call. I I feel like that'd be a second act thing that's yeah, a big it, it's a I, reveal i, I, I think I, I, f- I feel like it escalates throughout where mm-hmm. stephanie's telling him like hey you know you're one of the biggest stars here you were on top in 1999 like why don't you put yourself in the rumble yeah, you're one and of it the goes biggest from him surprise not being entrances. in it 
to him being in it for a bit to at the end, he's in like the final four and he's not and like, he's thinking like, I am the biggest star here. Like she's talking him up. She's manipulating him. Yeah. She's well, she, she maybe like sadistically is actively trying to ruin the show. Like, I think because he's the one running it. Yeah. She's the, she's the background character. That's making Do you really all Shane this... McMahon in real life try to hijack creative from Stephanie and Triple H? Like what? Yeah, in real life. In 2012, oh, he held a meeting with Kevin Dunn where he brought in a team of Hollywood executives who worked at this production company, a bunch of writers. And he's like, hey, I think the show would make more sense if me and my team took over all of the writing from the show Holy and we shit. just got rid of everyone. Oh wow! Holy, that would yeah. have not ended well. I mean, well, I mean it would it would have looked like yeah, right now. I mean, it already was like that. Yeah, but I mean, it would have been much worse. At least Michael Hayes wouldn't be employed. That racist piece of garbage. Yeah, fuck Michael Hayes. In this movie, Michael Hayes gets murdered. No, but I do think Michael Hayes would be like the, the comedy relief. With his racism yeah and just like awful things would happen to him. sure I, I i i get this i like this all right yeah. so where are we going we're in, we're in the first act we've set up the we've set up the rumble going crazy we I, know that i feel like in the first act he gets to the arena we get a good solid plan for the rumble we establish who he's working with and then stephanie comes in and she goes hey uh you know this is all kind of shit and that's where we start planning the idea of shane putting himself in the match yeah, I think and I I, th- I I think Stephanie's the inciting, it, not the inciting incident, but she's the turning point into Act Two. She's the one that that sets the the conflict that's going to carry us to the end of the movie. Yes. All right. So then, so then, so then, who's our next? We need, we need. This is, I think, where Vince really comes in. Is in the sec is like the second and third act. We we see Vince kind of like unfold from his character and i think i think we do him very similar to if for any of our fans out there who have watched succession the way that the uh old man in succession is being portrayed in the most recent season as he struggles to hold on to his own sanity through control of his company despite everything around him falling apart as he like berates and destroys his family as like as like the throes of insanity take strip away all the filters that previously existed i i feel like the transition from second act to third act is vince scraps every single thing he's done yeah changes it all well i think no no he doesn't he doesn't change it all he gets rid of it all he says start from scratch yeah he lights the script on fire in a thematic event where he like throws in a trash can full of gasoline yeah so what what is what what fills the act two here I think I think what fills the act too is these interesting character moments and interviews. Like since this is a mockumentary, we need to have time where we have these like interviews with the talent. So we have I think we have like we have Bad, Bad Bunny as our check-in character, but then I think we also have someone like a Roman we gotta Reigns. Have Brock. Yeah, we have Brock. I think because Brock's the guy who wins at the end, so we got to have him politicking the whole time. Well, no, see, I, I, I think, I think from the beginning of the film, the one thing that never changes is Brock winning, and that, and that's what we set up because it would feel like the one. I like that. Nothing can, nothing, nothing's gonna survive. That's what we keep getting at. Is that there's no way that anything from this original plan is gonna survive, and at the end of the day. The only golden rule that's left is is Brock wins. Brock winning. I, I feel like I feel like Vince arrives in Act Two, and then Brock arrives, and Brock's like the biggest Hollywood. Like, hey man, I got some great ideas. What is this? Like, I eliminate everyone. I think I think you, know, you I think you do like this moment to placate that. Yeah, I think you do this moment where where Brock talks to uh, Shane about how good Raw Underground was. And like how he felt that like taking taking professional wrestling back to its shoot catch wrestling days is what would make wrestling great again. And then and then it like cuts to an interview with Brock and he's like, I have no idea what Raw Underground is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like he's like he's like I just know that I could get him to be happy. 
Like it's yeah. like I, I like to imagine it's like we when we see Brock in his interviews, like you know, off like off screen where he thinks he's just kind of being candid. What we find out is that he genuinely feels bad for Shane, and he's the only one. Like we have these interviews throughout the thing, and everyone's like berating Shane, talking about how annoying everything is. Like people are like slowly going off the edge, and all you see is Brock Lesnar just talking about how much he cares about Shane. Like he's the one person there, but he's incapable of expressing but, but emotion. But he's so genuine that like you don't know if he's telling the truth or if he's just fucking with. Yeah, you you don't know where the work ends and the reality begins, even within the mockumentary. Who's playing yeah. Brock? That's my question. Brock. <laughs> is he is he the is he the other recast? I don't. There's like really not. Oh, we have Batiste to play him. Uh, what about the tattoos though he just covers them up he can wear body paint they do that all the time they make special makeup just to cover he's up too tattoos good of an actor to be brock that's the point though that's that's because when he's on screen in front of everyone else he's just normal i'm brock lesnar that's and some then, sort of weird meta commentary there yeah yeah and then as soon as sure, you get him off not? screen he's this like sensitive like shy person who doesn't want to be seen in public or show his emotions. And he's finally gone into business with himself because he realized how much of a crutch Paul Heyman was. And I think you have Paul Heyman played by Tony, um, uh, Danny DeVito. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously a hundred percent. And I think you have, you have, Oh no, you have Roman played by the rock. No, Roman would be played by Jason Momoa. Oh, okay. Yeah. The better version of Roman Reigns, Jason Momoa. Yeah, that's perfect. I, I feel like we've already figured this one out. Yeah, I, I think I think we've got this one under thirty minutes. Thirty minutes or less. Brought to you by Fourth Times. This was the really just us giving out about the Royal Rumble. This this is a forty two. This is like a forty five minute podcast about how shitty the Royal Rumble is and how what would be better is an intricate was, story about yeah. how sad Shane McMahon as a person is. He got fired from the company. Like he got his dad had to call him and tell him that what he you did. You know Vince didn't do it. No, no, but he he had Nick Khan do it. Shane was just the scapegoat. We all know. Well, it. I think. Well, I think. I think that's what we see in the movie is that Vince and Nick Khan have this meeting where I, I, at some point in the movie you have to have you have to have um, Vince scream at Nick Khan because he accidentally thinks he's Tony. Um, or call him Tony while ranting. <laughs> he's like, he's like, how fucking dare you, son of a bitch? Fuck you, Tony Khan. And you guys like, what the fuck? And just like, like, you do like one of those like whip pans to Nick Khan's face. Like, what? What just happened? No, I, I feel like, I, I feel like you know, after everything becomes a clusterfuck, it's like the next morning he gets the call. It's just like a really sobering, just like quiet scene. Honestly, you know, where it's, he, where it's like. You know, th- this all gets put on him. You know, s- s- like Shane ends it the night before. Like, this guy's head's going to roll. This guy's head's going to roll. He eventually blows up and he blows up on, like, the one road agent who was actually trying to help him this whole time. And everyone's just lost faith in him. I honestly. He comes back and he's like, heads are going to roll for this. But then it turns out it's him. I, I see. I see if, as a mockumentary this ending like The Wrestler where you have Shane die at the end. No, I legit, no. I legitimately think if you go full mockumentary, you have like a false death, like you have like a thing where you like play with it. the idea. Well, I, think I don't that think cheapens it. I, 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 I want it to be something where like it lingers. Well, it just ends on this linger. like sad. I want it to end on Shane McMahon sitting on his hotel bed. He gets a call and like, hey man, like you know what? There was a lot of fuck ups, but no bigger fuck ups than you. You're out. I don't want to see you at the arena tonight. You're done. And hang up. And then it's just a shot of him, like sitting away from the camera, as like, like looking at like closed blinds in his hotel room. By the, the 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 just sad hangs there. The sad music from the Hulk place. No, no music. Silence. Utter silence. Yeah, it just Fuck hangs yeah. there for like a minute. I, I don't know. I feel like we got a perfect film right here. 
Yeah, fuck the Royal Rumble this year. Yeah, fuck it. it was terrible. Listen, you got, the I, WrestleMania sign almost melted. And it caught fell, on and fire. Fell onto us. Yeah, twice. We were like ten feet away from it. I heard they like cleared people from the section and then like let them back and then we're like, all right, by the way, this is gonna happen again, so you're gonna have to yeah. leave. Yeah, they did. They were sitting like right by our seats. That's so with fucking there. dumb. Fuck WWE is a horrible company. Fuck WWE. I'm sad we also, had to book this movie. Al- sh- also, Shane McMahon is not a bad guy. By all accounts, no. he's a very nice person in real life. But he tried to book himself into Infinity and beyond. Yeah, apparently he did try to book... He booked himself into the final four of the Rumble. It's pretty <laughs> fucked. And apparently he pissed everyone off there while he was doing it. So. Yeah, and he, he yelled at Jamie Noble. And no one yells at Jamie you. Noble. But me. Nah, Jamie Noble's great. No one yells at Jamie Noble. Is that it? Was was that all this week was? Was just bitching about the Royal Rumble? Yeah, it was because it was that bad. Man, the, can dude, we can we end I, this I, on I, listening to some Carnival Black Metal? It's one song. It's better than the entire Royal Rumble in the first four seconds. You know what? Fine, we will play ourselves out. Yeah, and, get this clip. We'll, I'll we'll, send you we'll, the audio we'll file for this. This song. All right, everybody, we're, you're going to hear this at the same time Ben and I do. So we're going to do some live reactions as the show runs out here. So, yeah. Ben, Ben, when you're ready, we're going to count it down. We're going to start with track number two on the album I linked, which is Deux Balls Danaslia. I don't. How do you say that in English? All right. Debay dans la tête. All right. Uh, that's two something in the head. All right. All right. Ready? This, this, this. There's no intro. This song starts right from the fucking beginning. Uh oh, it's just balls. Okay, I thought that was balls. Uh, so two balls in the head. Yeah, that's perfect. All right, let me know when you're ready, Ben. And good night and good morning. This has been fourth times the, the charm. charm. Three, two, two one, play. This is awesome. Just you wait, baby. And the structure of the carnival is still there. Wow, it's like from the perspective of a scared child. Precisely. This music is meant to make you feel like you're alone at a carnival and you're terrified of clowns. It is literally meant to captivate your mind and leave you alone at a demonic, violent carnival in France. And like, as this album goes on, there's like wailing and like, and just like guttural sadness. All right, well, goodbye, everybody. Let us know that you're our favorite band by saying two balls. This is already better than the Royal Rumble. It was before you even played it. The, 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 just, just the, um, the work with the horns here. Like the composition that must have gone. This is all one guy, by the way, too. Really? Yeah. Well, both of course and not of course. Man, I hope my French is good enough. I'd love to interview this guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he would do it. I mean, maybe. I don't know. You, you'd have to be a solo interview. Well, if we, hey, if we can get, if we can get to, if we can get to uh, Paris, he's playing a show on March 18. doing a show in Czech Republic.
Yeah, I have a feeling this guy doesn't speak a lick of English. And yes, I did order the the last of one of the last available vinyls for this off band camp. of what? Of the vinyl? Yeah, I, I'm sort of wanting to, like, start to in, invest, in, not invest, but, like, start getting some stuff from, like, the bands I really like. Yeah, it's worth it. Ooh, Dr. Corwin's has reviewed this. Okay, that's the me. greatest expression of black metal ever made. Yes, 100%. You made Carnival Black Metal. This is all I've ever wanted in life. I made like a huge post about it. This is like the perfect lens of French black metal for me. Like, I don't know how you could do this any better. You may have a new album out, which we'll talk about in a week or two. But next time, Matt, we're going to five stars under 50. Ooh. On some movie. Find out next putting time. out into the world, because we, we should really do another one of those. Yeah, and that's another way of saying goodnight, everybody. Think about the carnival. Think about your fear. Good night. <laughs>